0: Welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington you guys my name is Katherine Kaufman and I'm a psychic medium here in Lexington, Kentucky Welcome to my every Monday night show. This is where we discuss what and who we are in this journey called life. So the reason for uh, the shows on Monday night is what I do is I take questions that my clients ask me in our everyday sessions And I put them on a live stream on Facebook and Instagram, and then I save them to the YouTube channel so that when people have questions, and and our sessions are only 60 minutes, and if people still have questions, they can go on the YouTube channel or come on the live show on Monday night and find out the answers. So let's do some quick shout-outs right now. Uh, Hey to Paige Denise, Regina Rice, special shout out to Rachel Smalley, my neighbor, Laurie M. Simon, Donna Hayden Bland, and a special shout out to Barbara Bacon and Crystal Crazy. Um, That is my go to girl for any kind of crystal and gemstone needs in the area of Lexington. Hey to Jill Jones. Thank you, Barbara. Um, Let me hop over to the professional page there. If uh, you guys are joining on the professional page, the place that I do the live chat is on the personal page. So um, just come on over to the personal page if you want to join in the live chat. Hey to Rita Fox and hey to Joy over here on Instagram and Static Kisses. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yes, I have missed seeing you, Joy, over here. Um, I have been on kind of a respite for a little bit during the holidays, and now we're back in gear for 2020, so um, I am going to leave a link in the comments really quick for the YouTube channel in case you guys want to go and watch past shows of uh, Monday Night Live. You can hop onto that. Link there and go to the Monday Night Live playlist, and there will be all kinds of content there for you. Hey, Delana Crawford, good to see you. And I hope that that link works. If it doesn't work, you guys let me know. Also, if um, you want to ask me a question or you want to contribute and tell us your story or comments, uh, just drop them there. I will try, the feed kind of goes fast sometimes, but I will try to. Watch the feed and um, grab your questions and your comments. Okay, so tonight's episode is five major ways to prevent or deal with a psychic attack, and I found this very interesting. And it kind of it ties into the last episodes that we went over about sleep paralysis. Now we had two episodes answering questions and um, theories on sleep paralysis and if you want to know more about that hit that youtube link and go to that playlist and that will be the first two that are on there special shout out to melissa Bagley, magical monday yes it is my dear big kisses to you and miss cleo love you guys now so psychic attack i wanted to present this really quick before we go into the five major ways to prevent The psychic attack, and I thought this was so interesting. Uh, And this was published in last November's Journal of Frontiers in Psychiatry. Okay. And the source is Psychology Today. And so this particular author is giving her account of trying to help someone who's under psychic attack. And so it seems that psychiatrists and psychologists, according to this, are now recognizing the possibility of psychic attack. Now, isn't that quite interesting? Hey to Elaine Good, Beth Enos, and Mari Nassar. Thanks for joining us tonight. So, okay, so this is the account from Psychology Today. So this uh, person is uh, recounting, her interaction with one of her friends or clients. So um, here's what they say. So you're exhausted, having trouble sleeping, you're getting one lousy cold after another, you feel like there's a heavy lid over your usual wellspring of happiness. You can't seem to function right and you don't know why. From a psychological standpoint, you seem to be depressed. But from the point of uh, view of an energy medicine practitioner, You could be under psychic attack. Yes, consciously or unconsciously, someone may have formed an intention to harm you. Everyone, like it or not, has some darkness within. And that's the shadow side of our persona, um, which we don't embrace. And we really should learn how to embrace our shadow side. And that is going to be an upcoming episode about working with your shadow self. Because if you're not working with your shadow self, you're only working at 50% capacity. And if you learn how to incorporate that energy, then you can be and present yourself as a complete person. Uh, Hey to Courtney, Christine, and Paul Henry. And Sabrina over here on Instagram, uh, nice of you to join us. Okay, so now she goes on to say that she worked with a woman. Uh, who came in to her as a client that had lost all zest for her new job she had been thrilled she had gotten her new position and had gotten a substantial increase in income but she could barely drag herself to work so this pra- psychological psychiatrist or psychologist had uh, seen her and this is this is her analysis of the situation. The cause of her problem was obvious to me. I could see a cord, a psychic attachment that connected her to her father. Although he was outwardly proud of his daughter's accomplishment, inwardly he was jealous of her success, especially since he had recently been advised to take early retirement. So, what this Uh, psychologist or psychiatrist did was showed her client powerful shamanic techniques that helped her sever that negative cord to her father while still retaining the good energy cords of love and respect between them. And as soon as they did that, soon she was happy once again at work. Okay, I have a problem with that. Now, I'm glad that psychologists and psychiatrists are recognizing that things go beyond their scope of practice, but that's the key to this. If it's a shamanic technique that was needed to sever the energy cord, the person should have been referred to as shaman, and the psychiatrist or psychologist should not be dabbling in that arena. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think if it's a shamanic technique that was needed, then they needed to be referred to a shaman. That's my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Because I feel like because psychiatry and psychology often doesn't fix the problem that. I don't. I just don't feel like dabbling is is within their scope you hear what i'm saying so hey to mary bida pamela kim and charlotte uh, and beth says she's she agrees yeah a qualified a person who's trained in shamanic techniques who can guide the person through that what if something had happened in the ethereal plane that that psychiatrist or psychologist was not trained to deal with we just don't know because that person is dealing with a huge area of the unknown yes barbara says unless she was both i agree with you barbara i don't think that this practitioner though was both Um, I feel like from just reading the article that they learned some techniques to use to help the client out. And that's sort of going out on a limb because, like I said, what if something had happened that um, that person was not ready to deal with? Uh, So Jill Jones says agree. Um, yes, Mary. Happy New year. So Melissa says, other professionals in the healthcare and mental health care refer their patients to an expert in the needed field of the endeavor. Absolutely, I feel like they need to be aware that the shamanic practitioner is very versed in that ethereal realm and with entities, and with energy cords, and they're, they're more adept at knowing how to navigate that, knowing the problems that could go with that, and being able to help a person. Um, I think they're better able to do that. So, okay, so I just wanted to kind of go into that, because I thought it was really interesting that it seems that the psychiatric practitioners are kind of dabbling into these areas Uh, and I think it is because they're recognizing that not everything is a psychiatric problem or illness and um, I feel like they should recognize the practitioners that really are versed at this type of thing and know the ins and outs of it instead of you know, borrowing techniques to use in their sessions. Hope I don't step on any toes. And if I did, I'm sorry, but, you know, maybe, you know, we we need to look at, if you feel like that's what's needed, get a a, a double training in the thing that you're trying to uh, work with. So, Carrie and Laura, thanks for joining, and hey to Missy Ferguson. Okay, so we're going to go into the five major ways to prevent or deal with a psychic attack. So, the first way that you want to do is blocking, and blocking is a disconnective force, energetic force that you're using, and I'm going to give you a couple of, of examples of that and tell you how blocking is different than shielding because we can get confused with blocking, shielding, projection. What we're going to go over is blocking, shielding, projection, gridding, and sleep barriers. And so the first way is blocking. And we're dealing with energy. And the biggest manifestation energy that you have is your mind thought. And so blocking, the whole objective of it is to disconnect you from what is trying to attach to you like the energy cords so things that you can use to completely disconnect from a psychic attack are things like visualization of a brick wall or visualization of a garage door and so as soon as you sense an invasive type of pressure especially right here in the third eye or in the heart as soon as you feel that invasive pressure it needs to be like an instinct and this is something that you have to practice every single day to get it to be reflective like an instinct like touching that stove and pulling your hand back so every day when you practice this it will become as an instinct every time you feel that invasive pressure you're going to visualize a brick wall just flooding down in front of you, bang, 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 bang. and that stays up. Now, if you're still communicating with the person, you're going to visualize them on the other side of the brick wall so that communication can go out, but nothing absolutely nothing can come in. And you'll find that when you do that, when you completely disconnect their energy from yours that they suddenly stop talking to you, and they suddenly stop calling, basically. So the brick wall is a good visualization to disconnect. It's a block. The other one that I teach uh, to people is garage door. And, you know, in the old days, back 30 years ago, plus when I was trained in all this stuff and kind of learned it, we used the golden bubble or the white bubble. That's more of a shielding type of technique, but we don't have practical experience with those things. And so it was really hard for me to visualize the golden bubble or visualize a white bubble around myself because I had no practical experience with that. I didn't know what it really looked like, I didn't know what it felt like. And unless you can really produce those sensations, the block is not going to be very strong but if it's something that you have practical experience with like a brick wall or a garage door you know what it looks like you know what it sounds like you know what it feels like you know what it's like to open a garage door you know what it's like to close a garage door it comes very easily in the mind And it's there solid because you have experience with that in the real world, in the tactile world. I wouldn't say this is quite the real world, but it's a tactile world that we live in. And it just is somehow easier if you have some practical experience to go behind your block. And so, um, the garage door, I suggest my students do this twice a day. You're going to visualize. See, hear, and feel opening the garage door to let information in when you want to let it in. See, here and feel closing that garage door when you want to block something out. And if you do this twice a day, it's going to become like a reflex. And you won't even have to think about it the next time you need that block to go down, that garage door will slam shut. Because your psyche, your energy will automatically know it's got to go down. That's something I need to block. Um, so these are things that you need to have. Uh, or I would say you don't have to have practical experience with them, but it really enforces and strengthens the energy if you do have some kind of practical experience with whatever you're visualizing as a block. Okay, so uh, other things that you could use as a block that you have, Practical experience with are like gates opening and closing a gate, drawers slamming a drawer shut, opening a drawer, windows are great opening or shutting a window or shutters. Anything that you can visualize that you have practical experience with. Hey to Rocky and Gail Bolin, Yasmin Jadun, Steve Hawkins, and Pamela Downey, and uh, Amy Perry and Gina. Bingston, Samantha Taylor, thanks for joining me tonight. And hey to all you guys that have joined over here on Instagram, if you have any questions, drop them in the comments and I'll try to pick those up in just a few minutes. Okay, so now we're going to go on to the second way, which is shielding. Now, the, the way that shielding is different is that it is more portable. So, shielding is again something that you have practical experience with. And it's kind of a preparative type of energy, unlike the block. The block is more spontaneous when you need it. It's reflexive and and it goes down. Shielding is sort of a a preparatory type of thing. When you know you're going to go out, especially in large crowds, or you know you're going to go into a situation that you know someone's going to be there and you know their energy is invasive, you want to implement shields. And so shields are more... Portable. Uh, So shields are sort of put in place and they go with you wherever you go. So when I go out into a large crowd or a place that I know uh, that has a lot of invasive energy, I visualize it's almost like an energy raincoat that I put on before I leave the house. So if I'm going to a place where I know there's a lot of people or I know there's Uh, Somebody there that is quite invasive with their energy and they may not mean to be, but it does affect a psychic or an empath when a person's energy kind of encroaches on your space. So shielding is a preparation. So you're going to put on your energy coat and, and visualize that enclosing around you before you leave the house. This is where you would use the white bubble or the golden bubble because it can go with you. Also, other things that are portable, an energy shawl or a cover or even webbing being put over your body. If you can visualize like a white webbing and webbing is easy because we all have dealt with spiders. We know what a spider's web is like and we can visualize that really readily. So Samantha says, I always see a bright white light around me. That's awesome, Samantha. Uh, I always had trouble with that because, um, you know, light is something for me that came from a light bulb a long time ago. (laughs) So I had trouble trying to visualize that. And, you know, people who are very scientific and tactile like me, we always have trouble with visualizations unless We have personal experience with it. Uh, The light sphere is certainly, like Samantha says, it's a shielding technique because it's portable. So coats, shawls, covers, webbing, light spheres, these are all shielding techniques that you can use. Hey to Pat and Lisa and Kelly and Tara. Okay, let's move on to projection. Uh, Projection, and we did a show on this. Uh, It's been a few weeks back, and so if you want to know more about the projection, I'm going to leave a link after the show in the comments to the YouTube uh, video that has this, and it's called Protective Magnetism. And so Protective Magnetism is different than shielding or blocks because you actually use your mind-heart energy to push back With a type of magnetism against what's projecting to you, but it's not with an aggressive force. And so, let me read a little bit to you about it. So, when you're using protective magnetism, what you're doing is protecting yourself from negative magnetism, and what you want to use is positive magnetism. So, what you're doing is uh, producing. That force, you know, how when two magnets come together and the poles aren't right and it kind of repels the other protective uh, positive magnetism repels the negative magnetism, and so that's what you're wanting to create. So, what you want to do is concentrate at the point between the eyebrows and you're wanting to visualize uh, this ro- the energy rotating around the thought that you're sending positive energy to the person who's actually trying to send you negative energy. And so what that does, hopefully, the theory is it repels that negative magnetism. And so you absolutely have to do this action from a thought of positivity and welfare from the higher consciousness to that other person Otherwise, here's the danger of this, okay? If you do this out of malice, guess what you're going to do to the negative magnetism? You're going to connect with it, okay? And then you're going to draw it straight into you. You really have to do it from a higher consciousness for the welfare of that person and from a positive magnetism standpoint to be repellent. Then it protects you. Then it repels what they're trying to send you. But you really have to have a pure heart and want only the best for that person. So absolutely, this has to be practiced before you can use it. And I guess it would be considered a more advanced technique. But, you know, practice it and see if you can be successful using it. And just be really, really careful that you don't connect in any way with malice or uh, a negative energy with that other person. Because if you have any dark or heavy vibrations in your heart center, you're going to connect with their negative magnetism. But, I mean, it's a really, really great technique to use. Um, if you know, and you, if you know how to use it and you've practiced it, another thing that they bring up in, in the, um, protective magnetism is you shouldn't ever look into the eyes or shake the hands of a person with really, really bad vibrations. Now, this, uh, avoidance is a little bit socially awkward at times. So, you know, you're going to have to be careful about when you can do this and when you can't. But uh, this is one way of not connecting with that negative magnetism. Um, And so and then another way they refer to in the projected magnetism is um, if you find that you have to visit like a really bad energy area and you feel like you may be under psychic attack if you go there, uh, you can really travel with a spiritual bodyguard with you, someone who is with you, who goes with you, that is actively projecting a positive energy around you of protection the whole time that you're there. This is extremely effective, and this is something that I have learned to use uh, with people that go with me as assistants when I go on investigations and other types of areas. So, that, I can say, is an extremely effective measure, is to take a spiritual bodyguard with you, someone who uh, can employ this protective magnetism around you, and um, it, this works extremely well. Hey to Bailey, Erlene and uh, Jeannie, and Kathy, thanks for joining us this evening. Okay, so that's under the guise of protection or projective magnetism. Now, now we're going to talk about gridding, and this is this is Barbara Bacon's <laughs> territory. So, Barbara, if you want to help me with this and chime in, uh, please feel free to do so, because this is really um, more specifically your area. So, gridding... Uh, gridding is great for your home for your office and so what we're doing is um, kind of putting up a projective type of it's almost like an energy laser beam that goes from crystal to crystal to create a web of energy or grid around your home or your office or whatever area you want to try to grid now We know that crystals conduct electromagnetic energy, and there are certain ones that are very useful in gridding your home or property against psychic attack. Uh, And I want to tell you, though, that when you use when you set up a grid, when you use these crystals, um, remember that all energy attenuates. And so. You know, when you feel like it's not quite working as well, that's when you need to take the grid down, cleanse your crystals or your gemstones, recharge them, and put them back up. So, yes, Barbara, great. She says it's like an electric fence. That's what I'm trying to think of. So, some of the ones that I like to use, and Barbara, please chime in on what you like to use. Some of the ones I like to use for gritting are uh, Apophyllite. Apophyllite has the most wonderful projected white light energy that I feel like you can get. And uh, programmed quartz crystals specifically for protection and to put up a barrier or block. Amethyst is good because a lot of people I find only have amethyst. And if you want to use that in a pinch, you can. It is a quartz, and so uh, you can program it just like the uh, clear quartz crystal, and it will be just fine. And one of the other ones that I like to use is selenite. And being a medium, I get a lot of stuff that tries to come through the house and wake me up at night. So I have selenite on every window and every door of this home to put out that white light and it sort of repels anything with a negative force uh, from coming in and disturbing my sleep because otherwise let's face it i would never get any sleep if if it weren't for my wonderful selenite hey to tony lane so um and it's really important i think to have the right gemstone for the gritting um because I was thinking about this and thinking about, for example, angel light. Angel light kind of encourages communication with angelic forces, and that's more of a receptive type of energy, and it may not be a really good one to grid with. Um you know, it may not be a great one. That's something we'd have to meditate on. But some of the gemstones are used for more protective type of measures. You could possibly grid the house with like black tourmaline and that might um, absorb everything negative that's coming at the home. Let's say if you have somebody sending you a lot of hate, that might be a really good one to grid the house with. Hey, David Graham So let's discuss now sleep barriers, and that'll be the number five thing. Um, You're most vulnerable when you're not in control of your aura. Now, when we're awake, we're pretty well in control of our aura, but when we're not, or when we're sedated, or when we're under the influence, you're not in complete control of your energy field, and that's when you're at the biggest risk of receiving a successful psychic attack so it's really um imperative that you protect your sleeping quarters with some kind of psychic protection and also you know what if you're imbibing you got to have that area locked down with psychic protection um because If something wants to get in, that's the time that they wait to do it. So Barbara says, because I work with each person personally, we often tweak it. That is best for each person. Absolutely. And Barbara, wouldn't you say that a person's intuitive feeling often kind of gives them the information of what stone they need to grid with? Would you say that's about or? like what would what do you think about that so some of the things that you can protect your area with during sleep are consecrated salt uh consecrated salt and you can use what i like to use is kosher salt because it's a large crystal it holds energy well you can it really doesn't attenuate for about three months so Tony says, in use of dream catcher, is that good? Absolutely, Tony. Use a dream catcher. And that is an excellent thing, and especially because it's on the window. Um, so dream catchers are great to protect yourself during sleep. Kosher salt barriers and specifically consecrated kosher salt. Now, when, when you consecrate it, you're incanting a prayer, or something of your derivation over the salt to imbue it with a magnetic energy of protection so these can be you know they can be prayers psalms or any kind of incantation that has a protective quality to it your hands need to be in contact with the salt when you do the incantation so that it transfers the energy of intention to the salt and salt is you know It's um, electromagnetic loving. It's an electrolyte, and so it loves electricity. It holds on to it. But like I said, it does attenuate. So three months after you uh, encant over the salt, it will attenuate in about three months, months is what I have found. So I'm going to give you some psalms that are really, really good for protection. Uh, and so you may want to grab a pen and paper and jot these down. So what you want to do is get the following psalms and encant them over the kosher salt while you're holding it or while your hands are in contact with the salt. And kosher salt is really cheap, you guys. It's It's very good to use. It lasts a long time. It doesn't cost a lot. And it has really done great works for me over the last 25 years. So here's the protective psalms that you may want to look into using. Psalm 91, Psalm 7, Psalm 27, Psalm 32, Psalm 140. And the last one is my absolute favorite. It's my favorite one to use. I think it works the absolute best is psalm 52 so that's the one that i love using the most okay other sleep barriers that you can put up are the black gemstones the black tourmaline that we mentioned um i have another video on specific black gemstones that you can use and i will drop a link to that in the comments after the show. So if you wanna know more about specifically why we use black gemstones, and all the black gemstones that you can use, that will be in the video. Now, housekeeping for the future. Upcoming webinar uh, for this spring for you guys is gonna be advanced protective measures for your house or property. Like, this is just scratching the surface of the things that can be done. Now, if you've done some of these techniques, and let's say they're not working for you, hey, you need to take the webinar coming up this spring because these are, I'm going to feature advanced measures on protecting your house or your property. So, Barbara says, because some people are drawn to stones that are a frequency versus a vibration, and even some are drawn stones that are almost a tone. We work together to find the crystals that are absolutely best for the intention needed. Absolutely, and so if you're at odds as to what you want to use, or maybe you have an intuitive feeling that you need to have a little bit more guidance on this, uh, to use your own intuition to, to pick out what you need, Get a consultation with Barbara Bacon at Crystal Crazy. Go out there and let the gemstones lead you where you need to go with your protection. And so um, now, next Monday night, we're going to dive into working with Shadow. God, I've put this off for so long, and I know it's going to be more than (laughs) one episode because there's just so much but i think that this is this is like a hugely needed topic because many of us think that the dark side of us or the negative side of us needs to be locked away in a closet and we're running around functioning at 50 percent we need to incorporate that and function at as a whole human being learning how to balance that learning how to use that energy and so that's what's coming next Monday also watch for the webinar on advanced protective techniques it will all be posted on my Facebook pages and Instagram follow me on Instagram if you have an Instagram page hey to Ada and Alicia so Barbara says setting the grids for everyone in the house dog included yes There's no absolute stones, just guidelines. Yes, and Barbara can help you with that. So, Barbara, if you would put a phone number or a link in the comments for people to contact you, uh, that will really help them get the guidance that they need. Until next Monday night, you guys have a fabulous week. I will see everybody for Fun Friday here coming up this week. And uh, Kisses from Kentucky, and it's good to be back after vacation.